One, two, three, four. No, you didn't do that fast enough. One, two, three, four. That's better. You're better. You're a peach. I'm a peach. <laughs> I'm a peach. That's the most defeated peach Resi- I've ever heard. Resignation. You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bilingual American history podcast where each week I, tree viewer, man who likes clouds, Labradoodle Daddy, Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to his guy. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. There we go. You seem mad. Well, I, I just, I, there's a lot in the intro I did not care for this week. So I think we should just. A lot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not even a minute in. Yeah, I know. That's how, that's how big, that's how much you are full of bullshit. Do you remember last week when pretty early on I had to get permission to treat my co-host as hostile? Yeah, but you get permission from nobody. So. Permission granted. What? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that happened again. And you know why it happened? Because you have a very bad attitude today. A very bad attitude. All right. I come here. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm ready to go. And what do I run into? What do I run into? Captain Sourpuss. Okay. You know. Captain Sourpuss. This is how I would define you. Okay. Uh, acerbic. Uh, uh, owner of rude thoughts and weak nickname giver. Those are your three. Go with those next time. All right. Leave me out of it. I'm just a guy. What do I know? I'm just a guy. Permission to be really sad. Dave, you are just permission granted. You're hard to you're hard to deal with. Do you understand that? Jam pad. Jam pad. I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickly Podcast. Okay. This is like Adam. On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. Apparently last week I did not read the date and I was reprimanded by several people. Oh, and I didn't even catch it? You didn't catch it, but I didn't do it. And, uh, you know, you're going to take heat for that. That's a, that's a ball dropped on my part. Do you want to do last week's date now or should we just pick up? Hmm. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do last week's date. Okay, let's do I'm last week's date now. So for anybody listening, Dave, the date that Dave is going to shout is not this week's date. There will be a second date shouted. But we're just doing a makeup shout for last week. March 29th, 1937. Okay. So that was last week. So that's the heavy lifting. Now to the podcast we've all waited for. March 10th, 1898. Year of our Lord Jesus Christ. There we go. Now we're back, baby. Now we're back, baby. Ada Delatuck was born in Solomon, Alaska to uh, Newpee Aut parents. 
Okay. Let's go into this. So the term that is offensive that used to be used is Eskimo. Yes. So that's like a catch-all that white people came up with for everybody, all indigenous people living north. Well, it just sounds... It, it's, let me just jump in. It sounds out of character for the whites. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the research, she was called that. So then it gets into what they call themselves, which is what they should be called, obviously, but yeah. there's different, you know, different parts. So in Alaska, in this part... From what I could tell, they are all called a new piot. So hopefully I'm not wrong about that, but that's just... If everyone's in the history books, if they call them Eskimo, then you don't know what they are actually... You know what I mean? Yes. You don't know who of they course. actually yes. were. Yes. So, yes. so I, I hope so, I'm getting this all right. I, I, took a, I, took a, I took a guess based on the geographic region that, that they are from, which is, it sounds like they're Inupiat. So hopefully. Well, Dave, choosing to not use the racist term is a lot more than most white people are doing now. So, hmm. And we've used racist terms ignorantly on this podcast before and had to have been told yep. that we were doing that. Yes, so, you know, hey, look, we're, we're just old white guys. Thank Fill you. us in. Thank you. Okay, so that's the breakdown. So if I am already offending someone because I'm, I, and you know this person and they have the, I have the wrong indigenous background, I apologize. Okay. So when Ada was eight, her father became sick after eating old meat. We've all been there. We've all done that. That's just a hazard of living in a in a snowy area. I yeah, I was I, truly like if you're in that situation, like you know, you're you just gotta you, you gotta your eyeball and old meat, so you're like, yeah, it probably will work. Yeah, but he died. Of that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, their mom was away when he ate it, so Ada and her younger sister tied him to a sled and started dragging him towards the town of Nome, which was thirty miles away. Good. Gosh. So just, it's what we call kid stuff. Jesus. Um, but he died on the way. So they dragged him back to their village. That's, that, out of the two, that's the least fun drag. That's right. Yeah. So now Ada's mother, uh, after the father passes away, sends her to live with missionaries in Nome. Okay. And they taught her how to read and write and, and you know, do the... You know, as we call it, uh, assimilation. Okay. Convert her to Christianity. Smart. And by the way, that to me, that is one of the fundamental things you've got to do after reading and writing. Get to the good book. Right away. <laughs> Pound it in. Right? It's really... If fun. you're old enough so, to read, you're old enough to be misled. So she, there she learns how to cook. She learns how to wash. She learns how to iron. She learns how to sew. Okay. Sewing is actually super important. For young Anu Piat girls, uh, it helps it helps them survive in the freezing cold because they can make fur coats and sew shit together. So right. it's actually a, a genuine. I don't know about iron. Iron's probably not right. Okay, all right, relax. You're shouting. So Ada also learned uh, quote how to sing hymns, Ugh. to bathe, to comb her hair, to brush her teeth, to avoid tobacco and alcohol, to handle money, and to honor the American flag. Oh. God, Jesus! So she went to Trump University. <laughs> Look, if you're a if you're a young native uh, girl living up uh, on the Bering Sea in Alaska, you're really the one of the main things you got to learn is to honor that American flag. Yes, you really got to get in on that. Yes, absolutely. And Dave, let me say, 
Honor it forever. No matter what missteps or misdeeds are done on behalf of that, always embrace it, never question it. It is not yours, it is ours. And if you fall out of line, we will kill you. Okay, keep going. I've said this. I've said this a lot. Yeah, that should be the anthem. Don't ever fall out of line. It's a piece of cloth, Uh and it's colored differently Mm -hmm. than other pieces of cloth. Mm -hmm. Yes. So fucking show it some respect. It's the best colored cloth that's ever been clothed. That's right. So... Unlike most Inupiat people, Ada's not familiar with tribal living because uh, she's raised by these. How how long? Right? Wh- where, how where are we in her? How old are we? Are well, right now? well. So now she's now she's past being a teen. Like she she's she's grown up with these missionaries. Right. right? So, so she so spent she's, her formidable years learning about how to respect yes. the flag, God, handle money, and don't drink and don't do baggy. That's right. Okay. So she, she's not used to the tribal living that her other people have experienced uh, that it, so she did learn about hunting trapping building shelters those sort of things she gets a job as a seamstress for minors which is just a great gig for a young lady sure uh, her biographer said she was quote small not even five feet tall poker faced pretty and unassuming she liked nice clothes and hats who doesn't like hats yeah and dressed as smartly as she was able on her skimpy earnings, she displayed a particular fondness for dark blue suits. Okay. Now, the, now let me... Let, okay. It just as the investigator on the podcast, the fact that she has a biographer, interesting. I feel like this person <laughs> might be memorable. <laughs> yeah, that gives it away. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Okay. No, please. The fact that we're doing an episode. I'm just kidding. Well... I usually, but I usually drop that kind of stuff, but I forgot. Okay. A friend of Ada's said she was shy private and had a habit of sitting extremely still and was distrustful of strangers. Is that a habit or a disposition? (laughs) I think that's just what uh, some people would call uh, fear, just living in fear. I have a habit of being terrified. I can't stop. (laughs) It's impossible. I should stop. I'm actually weaning myself off. I'm just being totally freaked out for 30 minutes a day right now for the week. Next week, 15. Week after, I'm only going to be freaked out two days. And then just socially. When I'm around people, I might just lose my shit every now and then. But that's it. I don't think with all the white guys, I don't think that that's going to... I don't think you're going to be able to wean yourself off. Oh, yeah. No. You, I trust them. You can trust them. They're <laughs> great. That's why I call white guys floss, frosted flakes. They're great! So when Ada was 16, she married a well-known hunter in the area named Jack Blackjack. Uh, Dave, let's end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm going to say he made that name up. I'm going to say that wasn't his given name. Jack Blackjack. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... It's not a normal name. All right, so anyway, the marriage doesn't last long. Mrs. Blackjack didn't, uh, she wasn't uh, into it? Well, he's abusive. He abuses her. He starves her. And then he ended up deserting her in the Seward Peninsula. So Jesus Christ. That's a shit marriage. God damn. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess a guy named Blackjack hits a lot. In uh, the uh, Inupiat uh, ways, 
they're not officially married, so she can just leave. So the whatever the marriage is, it's over. She right. just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think I think he's made it pretty clear that it's not working either. So it feels like it's definitely time to call it. After she left, she was quote bone poor, almost naked for lack of clothes and with no money. Good God! Okay, so I, I so I'm itching for a comeback. She has a five year old son. She throws him on her back, and she walks forty miles back to her mother's home. Her son, Bennett, was sickly, and he had tuberculosis, and Ada couldn't afford medical care or food. So it's cool how nothing's changed in America. I mean... Uh... So she left him at in an orphanage Dave, in Nome. that is so depressing. Her reality and then what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. So she leaves him at an orphanage in Nome. Like the, now it's like a fucking family tradition, right? Yeah. A mother, mother leaves her husband, or her husband dies, and then you got to drop him off with, you know. All right, white here you go. Will... You're going to learn about money and Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> go in so, there. Ada tries to find a job, hoping to make enough money to bring Bennett home. Okay. Now, Fred Maurer was from Akron, Ohio. Fred had, quote, piercing blue eyes. And a chiseled jaw, thick blonde hair, broad shoulders, and a stocky football player physique. At 18, he leaves Ohio and he gets a job as a deckhand on a whaling ship. Okay. And then he docks at Herschel Island in Canada, and there he met explorer Wilhelmer Stevenson. Okay. Or Stephenson. Sure. So... Stephenson was pretty famous with kids who wanted to go out and adventure in the world, guys like Fred, when they were boys. He, uh, he had gone on many expeditions. He was always seeking a continent at the top of the world. And in 1913, wait, 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 Stephenson... Wait, what does that mean? He thinks there's a continent at the top of the world. <laughs> okay, okay. So he's, he's, okay. He's, he's been looking for it for right. years. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's it's the It's not pro- Gareth. It's not there. Well, Dave, to be fair, I mean, I feel like this does crack the flat earth theory a little bit if someone goes across the globe looking for a continent that doesn't exist. It has to be here. It just must be here. I've looked everywhere. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> God damn it, I just know it. In, my, in the marrow of my bones, I know there's a continent up there. Someday I'll find it, the continent up there. Is that the song? Yeah, it's to the tune of Rainbow Connection, but I've made it for me. Okay. So in 1913, uh, Stephenson meets Fred in Canada while, while he's preparing for an expedition to the Canadian Arctic Circle to find the, the continent. Continent, right. Well, you see, I'm preparing a journey. We're going to go find something that's not there. That's right. Won't be easy. But I think at the end of the day, when we have nothing to show for it, we'll feel accomplished. Now, follow me to your death, gentlemen, for nothing. (laughs) So he hires Fred. Okay. They go off on this trip. Uh, After one month, the ship becomes trapped in ice. Okay. Now, that is bad. I'm not into ships, but that's bad, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, from what I understand about ships, that's not a great thing. So, Stevenson then takes a couple other guys and he leaves the rest of his crew on the ship <laughs> and starts and starts heading on foot to cross into Alaska. Okay. Uh, so he walks off okay. and now the ship just is stuck in ice just drifts for 5 months 
What? For five? Until the ice finally crushes it, <laughs> and it sinks. What, what kind of... What, what, yeah, what's the crew doing? Well, we're going to die. <laughs> well, they get off, and okay. they kind of scatter. Some go one way, some go the other way. Um, but they're all stranded on polar ice. They're cursing Stephenson while they're struggling to stay alive. Sure. Of the, t- of, of the 25 crew, so they're out there for six months on the ice or on islands. Of the 25 crew members, 11 die. Fred survives for six months on the desolate Wrangell Island, which is 400 miles northwest of Alaska. And then they're finally rescued. Okay. Now, Dave, did they so find the continent? America, did they find the other continent? No, no? They, no. Didn't find, they didn't find the continent yet, no, but they'll find it. So back in America, Fred is mad at first, but then eventually he forgives Stephenson for being abandoned. Boy, time, and then he, time is really can heal all wounds. If you can just eventually be like, I'm not mad. Yeah, it's really crazy. So crazy. Now, there's another guy, Errol Lorne Knight. He's a loud, very saucy, 27-year-old dude, six feet tall, 230 pounds. Mm-hmm. Knight was, quote, coarse and unrefined, but he had a good heart and decent values. Okay. When he was 21 years old, his, na- his neighbor, who was a captain, invited him to go on an Arctic expedition. And as their ship reached the Canadian shore, they saw a single man trying to get the ship's attention. And this turned out to be Stevenson. Oh, wow. Okay. Who had been walking alone for 100 miles. Hello. He abandoned his ship. <laughs> Someday I'll find it. The continent is up there. <laughs> so, so Knight, Knight, ever since he met Stevenson in that way, was by his side forever. Now, okay. Fred ends up forgiving Stevenson somehow sure. after he was abandoned. And Stevenson starts on, it's called the Chautauqua Tour, which it's an American tour, an adult education movement that turns into sort of a circus event. So, Sorry, that is the craziest. No, no, no. What did you just say? So he, an actual tour, like a tour tour. It's a tour. It's a tour. It's like an expert's tour. And, okay. But it turns into it, it starts to have like a circus feel to it. So it's <laughs> so it's experts, it's specialists of the time, okay. like Stevenson, who's an who's an explorer expert, right? He, by the way, he should not he should not be on that panel. But keep going. And so so they tour. He tours in towns. He's running it. Uh, they hold lectures, performances, and speeches in a long. They have a big tent, like a big circus tent. Sure. And Stevenson is a really popular actor around the country. Because even though he did that thing with the boat, he still he still made excuses why it happened and said he was going back for him. Like, right? The the captain of the ship hated him for doing this, but then other people were like, "No, he he sacrificed himself to go save." Like, yeah, well, you know, it's one of those fucking things, right? Right. right. Now Knight is on the tour. Fred joins the tour. Another dude on the tour was nineteen year old Milton Harvey Robert Gale. He became, he became uh, Stevenson's secretary. He okay. was, quote, irresistible to everyone with raw and reckless good looks, a wicked sense of humor, and an easy charm. Okay, so he's a bang machine. Uh, well, another quote, girls developed wild, fervent crushes on him, swooning over the angular lines of his face, his firm chin, and his 
tussled brown hair. Wow. Okay, so he's... So, I mean, I want to fuck him right now. I I banged him. I did bang him. So Fred Knight and Gail, these are three guys that are now hanging out. They're very close on the tour, and they all want to go back to the Arctic. They're all like, we got to get to the Arctic. And Stephens is their only chance, but he's not committing to another expedition. He's gotten really busy with writing, lecturing, and teaching. The idea... And then in 1921... The idea that if you're yeah. Fred, that you're like, please, can we go out again? Please, Stephenson. Please. I'm sorry that I almost died out there. I didn't mean to. It's, it's really crazy that you would uh, go through that fucked of a thing and just be like, <clears throat> let's do it again. Hey, that thing where I had to chew on rocks to get moss to survive, let's do that. <laughs> Oh my God! And and he's asking him, please, 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 man who almost killed me. Please, try I know to you almost killed Finish me. the job. Kill me, please. Kill me this time. So Stevenson says, he, he tells them he has no intention to return to the Ar- Arctic, but he's all, he's lying to them because he's also secretly planning an expo- expedition to Wrangell Island. Okay. And this is the island that Fred was trapped on, and it's, it's in the Arctic Ocean. It's 100 miles north of uh, Siberia and 250 miles away from Alaska. So well, it's surely, like just above Siberia, but over. Surely Fred wants to go back there to meet some of the rocks he left behind again, see how they're doing, yeah. see if there's more moss sure, on listen. them. So Stevenson goes to the Canada's prime minister and other government officials, and he, he tells them of this plan. I'm looking to kill some but, men. But the problem is the ownership of Wrangell Island is an issue. Some people thought the Russians had claimed it. Some thought the U.S. had. So no one's really sure. And then also, like, why would you want it? Stephenson thought both claims were not valid because so much time had lapsed since they claimed it. The, The actual longest occupation of Wrangell Island turned out to be the crew that Stephenson abandoned. So it is his. For six months. It's his. By the way, I like that ownership over an, an area of land is like a domain address. It's like, that's been two years. It's not yours anymore. You should have paid five ninety nine dollars for the year. It's just so weird. Yeah. Okay, so, but the, so the, he would have, uh, I mean, it sounds like it's basically Stephenson's Island. Yeah, and he wants to claim it for Canada. Okay. And he, he wants to make an, he wants to turn it into an air base for Canada. And so he, on the tour, he keeps asking Fred questions about the island. Uh, honestly, I don't want to keep talking about it. It was kind of a nightmare. What was your favorite part <laughs> when I got picked up? All right. What was the least favorite part when I was out there and I thought I was going to die? Okay. He's hoping he can make something out of Wrangell Island and that the Canadian government would, quote, forget the disastrous results of his previous expedition sure. and the condemnation by his peers. Sure. So he wants to wipe out... The thing where he left a bunch of guys to die. But surely Fred helps that case a little bit. You would think. Okay. So Stevenson needed a British or Canadian citizen to lead the expedition so he could validate the claim. So he wrote a confidential letter to the University of Toronto seeking a recent graduate who, quote, might be interested in lending his nationality to the cause. The letter said it was a three-year expedition, and he sought a man of science, a young man, quote, the chief qualification is temperamental. He should be especially a good walker, and the eyesight should be above the average. 
Those are those three qualities should be terrifying to anybody who's like, well, I could do that. So, do you get angry a lot? No, no, I'm pretty chill. And what about walking for you? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind a walk. How about your eyes? How about your peepers? Oh, they're great. Yeah, I can see everything. Look over there. That's a pine cone. You know what you are to me? What? A natural explorer. Well, that's exciting to hear. It's like you were, it's like you were born for it. Yes. No, it's true. I'm, uh, I'm pretty cheery all around, so I'm excited for this. The, the able to walk really far thing stood out to me as a little... Yes. Let me ask again. Can you walk far distances? Yes, I've said I can. I mean, I, yes, of course I can. Yes, I mean... And while you're walking, while you're walking, you can see. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, of course. I can walk <laughs> and I can see. Yes. I'm basically talking to Marco Polo. Yes, but again, the temperament also seems a bit... Why, why does my disposition matter so much if we're... I mean, we've already... I'd like to have a, like to have a happy fellow. Okay, yeah. No, that's fair. Okay, well, I promise you, I will have a good attitude, my friend. <laughs> In case you're eating lichen or something of the sort, so chewing on a rock. Yes, that's not I mean, here and there, that seems fine, and yes, here and there, I would do that. <laughs> All the time. Yes. Most of the time. Well, you're sure. Yep. I'm in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Alan Crawford was a 20-year-old student who was studying geology, paleontology, chemistry, and mineralogy, and he was very patient with an even temper, and Crawford was in. Okay. Okay. But the Canadian Canadian government funding is not looking good. A lot of government officials still resented Stevenson, and, quote, no one wanted to give him the responsibility of another expedition under the Canadian flag. Okay. So, you know, the whole burned once thing. When you leave a bunch of guys to die, people are like, maybe you shouldn't do another one. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, burn them once. Yeah. Yeah. The commissioner of parks said, quote, he is a Canadian in the sense that he was born in Canada, but that is all. Which is true. He was born in Canada, but then he moved to South Dakota when he was like two or something. Well, but Dave, he was on a quest to find land that wasn't there. I mean, that's... Sure. You got to leave home to do that. Also, the commissioner of parks, it's like, oh, what's mm-hmm. the matter? Are you going to shut down the playground? Come on, let's get out of here, boys. But Stevenson wanted the ship to depart by summer because of rumors that the Japanese and Russians were interested in the island. So Stevenson took matters into his own hands. He goes and he meets with Crawford in Michigan, and he swears Crawford to secrecy. Stevenson told him he would be unable to join the team until next year, so Crawford would have to lead it. Okay. Uh, so Crawford's... So he's going to send them up. Uh-huh. He's going to send them up, and Crawford's going to lead them, and then he's going to come up a year later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. It, it feels very outsourced. <laughs> it's very outsourced. <laughs> he also said there was a possibility of no pay if the government didn't come around and fund them. We're going to have what I like to call one of my good news chats. Hey, you want to be an intern on an Arctic island? Yeah, I mean, to go from like, okay, so you don't get angry, and you can walk far, and your eyes are good, which is great. I think you're just going to be in charge of this, and I'll just meet up later. Isn't that, does does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. I'll just meet up with you guys later. You guys go there for a year, figure it out, get a big moss pile, and I'll just show up in a year once there's a, a TGI Fridays or something. 
Great. Yeah. Great. You're good. At, you're a really good explorer. This, well, I, I, I have found a man who will do the job I can't. <laughs> man ho! <laughs> uh... <laughs> So Stevenson said he Stevenson said he could pay Crawford 150 per month from his own money, and mm-hmm. Crawford says he'll do it. He's really willing to do anything. He just wants to explore. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so the Canadian government officially said no, but he they officially say no funding. They come down, but he still moves forward with the expedition. Okay. So now he knows that it's all going to come after. It's going to have to come out of his own pocket, or he's going to have to find other people to fund it. Stephenson. Yeah. Okay. So he's basically sending, it's like if you started construction on a bridge, but you only had money for the first half. Like, that's what he's doing. (laughs) Okay. And those always work out really well. Yeah. Yeah. So he's hoping, what he's hoping for is there's a a Canadian Canadian election coming up, and he's hoping that there'll be a flip of, uh, of who controls the country, and the new guys will come in and go, we'll give you money. Yeah. It's a crazy bet. So in July, Crawford goes to meet Stevenson's business partner in Vancouver, and Crawford's given a contract of employment. Whoop, feeder, feeder, feeder went off. Sorry, go ahead. Go get it, Jose. He's already there. He's eating. So he's given three Canadian flags and two British flags and a contract. What? And then, and then Crawford goes to meet the, meet the rest of the team, Fred, Knight, and Gail. They all get along great. Wait, why is he getting, why is he like, why is he like the Jason Bourne of flags? Why is he getting like flag options? Well, just in case the other flags don't work out or something, or he wants to plant them in different places. Like it's all. It's very strange. Okay. So it's, I believe it is, I don't know if it's still called British Canada, but it's, you know, they're in the Commonwealth and there's a connection there. So it's. The British Canadian thing. Yeah. Um, so Stevenson had he gave them a twenty five hundred dollar check. So they buy supplies, and then they get on the ship Victoria, and the chief steward gives them a tiny gray striped kitten for good luck. What? Which is a common thing when you're on ships. Cats are good luck. Oh boy! I can only imagine. They name her Vic. Okay. So Stevenson had not told them about the lack of funding. Sure. Or how, or how dangerous it would be if the Russians learned of the trip. <laughs> okay. It's fine. No, it sounds... Why would you want to know that? It just sounds like there's, you know, I think going into something like this, details would be key. You know, mm. you'd want to hear some of that stuff. I don't know. You sound kind of like a baby. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's fair to say I would like to know all the information of the endeavor that I'm going into before I go into it. Like a like a baby, like a big giant. Go, no, go, no, 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 no. Like I a grown, like a stuff. like a no, like a grown person who wants to evaluate whether or not they should do something like this. I'd like to know all the details. Now it sounds like boss baby. That's what it sounds like. I do not appreciate that term. If you went to go buy a car and they were like, yes. "This is the car." And then once you bought it, they were like, hey, it explodes. Would you feel bad? Would you feel misled? Would that car help me find the undiscovered continent at the North Pole? It's going to explode. Yes. Oh, God I damn would it. Do it. Uh, you idiot. The, all, the, all these guys are young, right? They're 1920-ish. Uh, their parents are worried because... Stephenson is giving very vague descriptions of the expedition. Like, right. 
And so they're like getting a little concerned. Sure. He, he would only say they're going north for an unspecified amount of time. What? <laughs> that's not how this works. I don't, I, know, don't know. I don't know how this works, and that's not how this works. <laughs> he also led them to believe he was leading the expedition, but he wasn't. Crawford was. Yeah, right. So the, they leave Seattle on uh, Victoria on August 18th, 1921, and they stop in Nome, Alaska. They bought sleds and dogs, and they searched for uh, an umiak, which is a skin boat. So it's... Indigenous people up there make them. It's basically like a frame, and then they put the, the skin of uh, one of them animal things oh, around it. So skin boat. Skin boat's what I call my penis, by the way. Oh, God. You I'm feel better? Signing off. See you next week. <laughs> so, But they couldn't find a skin boat, uh, so they decided to buy it at the next stop, which is the last stop, East Cape, Siberia. Uh-huh. And Now they... Yeah. They also needed a new Piot uh, seamstress who spoke English, and well, Noam's police chief heard that, and Dave, he was like, have you heard of Ada Blackjack? Oh, right. Ada, she's still going by Ada Blackjack? Yeah, she's still going by Blackjack for some reason. I think because it's probably pretty cool. Yeah. So Ada knew Stevenson's name because Ada's sister's husband had served under him on a previous expedition. Okay, okay. So the police chief tells Ada he thought this would be a good job, and there's solid wages. It's 50 bucks a month. And then he also thought, like, the change of scenery would do her good. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're the chief. You're the pol- I don't need the police to tell me, like, you should do it. I think it'd be great for you. you could I love there. that there's, like, a really, a really amazing change of scenery between Nome, Alaska, and an Arctic island. Oh, well, this, this is amazing. You got to see the powder they got up there is far different. Clumps easier. You will think you're in the goddamn Bahamas. <laughs> Ada, you got to go see it. It's nothing like Nome. It's the big city. It's the Hollywood of snow, baby. So the, uh, the police chief also tells her that uh, entire Inupiat uh, families are going to be hired on this expedition to hunt trap. And so, so she wouldn't be alone. She'd be with a bunch of her, her, her people. Sure. So she's, she's wrestling with it. She wants to go to make the money, but she doesn't want to leave her son. He's still in the orphanage. Oh. So she goes and talks to her sisters that night, and her brother-in-law overhears it. And he's like, do not take the fucking job. Do not take the job. So she's super conflicted. So she goes to a respected uh, Nupiat shaman and trades tobacco for advice. She's not supposed to be handling tobacco, David. I know. Well, she's picked up some awesome, awesome things since she left the missionaries. So the shaman tells Ada she would make it to the island, but there, quote, was only danger and death ahead and that she must be watched, but she must be watchful of knives and fire. I like to think that this was a shaman who took a long pause in between advice. I'll be her... Take it from the top. Okay. Will I, w- w- should I go on this journey? Uh, yes, you're going to make it there. All right, see you later. What? No, 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 no. No, no, there's more. There's more. No, there's more. Uh, just put these earbuds in. Listen to some Tanya Tucker. So she gets, she gets this advice. Now, as uh, an Upiat, uh, she 
they very much believe in, in shamans and they respect them and, and, you know, they believe what they have to say, but she needs money. Sure. That's the cool thing, right? We're back to capitalism. Uh, yeah. she, 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 she needs enough to get her son back from the orphanage and then get a medical treatment. That's all right. she wants. Right. So she agrees to join the expedition. Okay. On September 9th, 1921, the crew prepared to leave, but none of the hired and new Piat families showed up. Hmm. Okay. Only Ada Blackjack. Just Ada. So That's Ada it. is now going from like thinking like, oh, I'll be around a bunch of people I know to like, oh, no, it's just me. And four white dudes. And, and only woman. <laughs> yeah. A lot of. Yeah, that's uh, by the way, and I think that is that's the energy that I think a lot of women want. Just the <laughs> get the yeah. four four be trapped around the four white guys. Yeah, yeah. On, on some, uh, you know, just cold, yeah, desolate, snow covered. Yeah, let's island. see them at their worst. What 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 would they do? <laughs> oh God. So they try to convince the families, they, they go to the families, they try to convince them to join, but each family said it would be too dangerous because now it was too late in the summer to go. They've waited too long to leave. <laughs> okay. It would be too risky. So Ada doesn't want to be the only woman on the trip and, uh, and the only Anupiat on the expedition. <clears throat> the, and the, the guys know they probably won't find other Inupiat families in Siberia, but they also couldn't delay leaving. So they lie to Ada and they promise her they would hire more Inupiats before they departed Siberia. So they're like, next stop, we're going to get families to come with us and you won't be alone. Dave, you're the history guy. Is this the first time that white people have lied? It is. Okay. I, I went back through all my research. You can't find it. Yeah. Cause it's such this a, this is the first time I could find a lie from a white guy. Well, because I think the thing is, and I think this is, you know, I think any race would, would say this, that the, the white people have shot so straight throughout history that when you hear yeah. some, like, uh, espousing lies, it's, 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 tough, to, it's tough to believe. I, I would, I, yeah, yeah. well, let's keep going, but I want to kind of circle back on some of the sources after this and just see if you have this right. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. So on September 10th, the Silverwire docks in East Cape, Siberia. It's their final stop before heading to Wrangell Island. Summer is ending. When they told Russian passengers on the ship with them where they were going, all the Russians laughed at them. Wait, wait, wait. Which, this is their ship? They're on some sort of passenger ship. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened between the two. Okay. So, so wait, they went from like their own expedition to they like bought tickets on a ship? I'm not really sure what happened. Oh, that's, still, or or the, or the, or other people are just being transported on this ship. I'm gonna like. But I, it's a different. I would like to think that they just had to get on like a duck boat tour to get to where they wanted. <laughs> it's a different ship for sure. Okay. So, um, so and so the, the Russians, Russians, the Russians are laughing scatter. At okay, okay. The Russians are just laughing. They're like, "You guys are out of your fucking hey, mind." Good luck over there. You'll have a lot of fun. Hope you like moss teeth. <laughs> they said even if they even if they said first of all they're never going to make it to, to Wrangell Island this time of year and even if they did they would be caught by the Siberian patrol so they still keep going forward with it they try to recruit more Inupiat uh, families in Siberia they can't they're not going to do it they're all like it's too fucking late right. but now Ada 
Well, she's fucked, right? Because yeah. she's no longer in Nome where she knows everybody and has a home and a family. Right. She's literally fucked. She, Dave, so, she's, she's a long way from Nome. <laughs> that's right. So it's too late for her. She has to go, but she also desperately wants to go home. Right. So the silver wave continues on and up to Wrangell Island. Quote, high winds swelling, heaving, rolling waves. Next stop, death. Er, sorry, Wrangell <laughs> Island. Whoopsie, boopsie. How did that? <laughs> you don't, I think what I say and I don't say what I think. The crew has to go below deck. The skin board, the, uh, the skin boat they have washes overboard. Okay. They arrive on September 15th, and they proudly plant the British Union Jack flag in the ground as Crawford reads an official proclamation for the British Empire. Uh, here is where we will die. Uh, the flag signifies our tombstone. The, I, I also, this, this, the flags, like... <laughs> The flag planting stuff is just what meaning does it have? Like if someone's it's just so dumb. If someone sees your flag, are they like, oh, I gotta get out of here? They're like, oh, take it out, fuck these people. It's just also the fucking flag. It's just also fucking stupid. I mean, it sounds it's like it sounds, land. yeah. It's like it's like uh, explorer's version of dibs, essentially. Yeah, it's explorer's shotgun on a seat. Yeah, exactly, shotgun ours. <laughs> But then you have the five-minute rule. If you leave your flag alone for five minutes, then someone can take it out and put another flag in there. You didn't call five-minute rule. So as all the guys are celebrating, Ada's crying because she's so sad. Celebrating? After all that they've heard? I mean, it really does speak to the delusion of and the ego of a white to be like, to hear all this, to see how all this is the trajectory of this and to be like, Ada, what's the matter? Why aren't you coming to the party? We're celebrating. We're going to meet, we're going to meet God in a week. So the first few days, uh, pretty smooth. They pitch their tents, they unpack supplies, starting to routine during the day. They would explore, collect scientific materials, take notes about flora and fauna, etc. Ada's sewing and cooking the guys at first doubted her ability, but now they feel a lot better that they brought her along. But Ada is super homesick. Again, she's with four dudes and none of her own people. Right. Every time they tried to comfort her, she'd burst into tears. Well, that's, that's always, I think that, is, is, there a, is there a position a white man feels more comfortable in? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but still, somehow the group, they form... Uh, a sense of camaraderie. So <clears throat> at some point, Ada becomes infatuated with Crawford. And Crawford is the stunningly handsome man we addressed earlier. No, there's like, there's two of them that are stunningly handsome. Oh. Crawford, Crawford is the smart student. Oh, the young, from, right, from the University. young, right, okay, right. But the, so she likes him, so she likes a brain on a fellow. I guess so. So of the four, Fred is standoffish. Knight reminded her of a polar bear, loud and frightening. Okay. <laughs> Gail, Gail was good looking also, uh, and he was the only one who didn't refer to her as the woman or the Inupiat. Uh, but he was too much like a boy because he's like 19. So okay. Ada thought the only Crawford had the temperament and sophistication uh, to be a partner and a father. And she was pretty obvious about how much she dug him, and all the other guys would tease Crawford about it. Hey, Crawford, look, woman wants you. <laughs> woman like you, Crawford. <laughs> look at woman. She don't know how to handle herself. 
<laughs> Woman, stop talking to him. <laughs> so little disasters started happening. Those are the good kinds. Setbacks, problems. Sure. sure. Ada, Ada started having really depressive episodes, and she was sullen, and then she, so much so she couldn't work. Okay. The guys tried to get her to be consistent. Quote, sweet-talked her, denied her supper, <laughs> made, this list, made her sleep. This list is already insane. Keep going. <laughs> Made her sleep outside in the cold. What? And coke and coaxed her, but nothing worked. <laughs> that list, that order, that is that is the list of men with no tactics. I don't know. Why don't we put her? Look, she's sad, right? Why don't we throw her outside for the night, uh, well, just out on the snow? As terrible as that she said sounds, she's sad. Look, hold on. Now let's be rational. As terrible as that sounds, and it does sound awful to put someone out in the snow right now. We did try mm. being nice to her. Yes, and that didn't work. Yeah. And then we said no food for a night. Yes. Then we said we'll starve her. We've coaxed yeah. her. We've co- we coaxed her all day. I think all day. That, I think, and by the way, I think that we did those gives us some sort of legal coverage if she does perish. Yes, and let me just say this: I read a psychological book once, mm. and this makes sense. Yes, great. Okay, I have not read anything of the sort, but you have. <laughs> so if you're co-signing, yeah, let's get her outside. Let's and fast too. Let's that'll snap yeah, her back before into the place. depression. That's right. Let's we have a rare moment right now to freeze her depression inside yes. of her. So let's get it out there. This is what Sigmund Freud said. He said, if someone is depressed, freeze it out. Well, I don't know who the hell he is, but this guy sounds like a straight shooter. So nothing works. Uh... You mean nothing out, of their, nothing out of their list of four terrible concepts? <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, Crawford has a seizure But he has no history of medical problems So now they're all worried it's going to happen to him again And they don't know what to do um, The guys all also When they got there They all realized that they're all very bad hunters Great, what a great How the hell did we not stumble on this topic Before we all came out here I'm terrible too I'm, I'm, I'm awful Out of my group I'm always the one where they say Don't let, don't let him shoot That's amazing yeah, I'm not good either. I've never actually oh, touched shut a up. gun. Okay, so wait a wait a gut. All none of us know how to. Well, I just I hate to say it, but uh, I've got a feeling we're going to die out here, <laughs> or or eat or eat no. each other, or eat each other. Oh, or eat well, each that's other. a possibility. Either one is. I'm fine with either. I would eat Fred. I also I'm not going to lie. Have sort of been thinking in my head that. Uh, Fred seems to be the one who 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 would hmm. have the most meat. Uh, yeah, but let's so young. Let's he's very young and they're very tender too. Mm. I like the, I like the mm. way his uh, his body is shaped. Mm. But again, you know, I call I call him McNuggets. Well, I'll tell you that's not making me not salivate. Uh, but but yeah. let's 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 before we eat Fred, let's get ourselves to the position mm. where we need to eat Fred. I don't want to be someone who's sitting here just deciding Fred's for sure the one. Um, But I'm going to eat the ass. (laughs) (laughs) So no fighting over that. I actually, I don't know if you saw, I actually put the Canadian flag in his butthole the other day, claiming it for myself. And I I wrote, I didn't know what it was. That is me saying the butt's mine. So 
eat whatever. I think he's got a lot of great parts. Yeah. I think he's got nice pecky titties. I think those might be. Yeah, nice. yeah, those look good. But a I really couple want the breasts. Pink but uh, I'm gonna eat the butt. What can I say? I like to eat butt. <laughs> so they. They would kill uh, an occasional bear or owl here and there, but it wasn't enough to get through the winter. Only one had shooting experience, and none of them, including Ada, knew how to work a trap. So they don't know how to hunt. They don't know how to trap. Actually, Dave, to be fair, it sounds like nobody knows how to work a trap better than Stevenson. (laughs) So um, they even ran out of feed for their uh, best dog, Snowball, and Snowball died. But do I even need to ha- ask what happened to the kitten? I mean, I'm assuming that thing just... The kitten's some... still fine. The kitten is still kitten's fine. fine? Kitten's fine. Yeah. Okay. dokie. So on October 22nd, the temperature dips below freezing. Uh, they start losing track of days and time. Good. Which is a great feeling. I'm sure that's a great feeling. I'm sure that is very... Yes, for sure. Not, not further maddening. Ada started to believe that night was going to kill her. He was sharpening his knife one morning, which the shaman had warned her about, so she ran off. Okay. So the shaman put her in like a, not a, I mean, first of all, (laughs) I mean, the shaman just, without reading anything, should have just been like, what are you, crazy? You'll die. I'm sorry, I'll read the leaves in a second. But, like, instead of that... Yeah, you actually don't need a, you actually don't need a shaman right now. You just need, like, anybody to go, what the fuck are you doing? Any good shaman would say, I don't need to charge you for this. Do not go. But, he's, <laughs> but because he's planted this in her head, that, so it's almost like he's made it wrong every way. Because is Knight trying to kill her? No, he's just sharpening a knife, right? Yeah. He's, yeah no, okay. he's just sharpening a knife. He's not right. trying to kill her. So also, like, you're being sexist because the, the shaman's a lady. Oh, damn it. Well, then how about a shot wow. woman? Oh, oh. Shot woman. Shot woman, motherfucker. You're being sexist. You're being sexist. Can women be doctors? Of course they could be doctors. Why is it called Shaw Man, motherfucker? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Come at me with that. All right. Uh, so as she runs off. She's missing for several hours. They go out and search for her. They find her. They decide her madness was because she was in love with Crawford. Good. It's always good to have the men diagnose. <laughs> <laughs> She's got... Look, guys... She's so horny. The problem is she's all boned up. Good Lord, she's looking to bang. Don't listen to what she says. She doesn't know. She's horny. Trust me. So they split the camp into two groups. Gail and Knight and Ada are in one camp, and Fred and Crawford are now like 10 miles away in another camp. Okay. And they did this because they felt that she, her lust for him was driving her to the brink of insanity. That's right. Great. Her lust for him is making her crazy. Sure. Right. And they understand that they're in the middle of nowhere dying, right? <laughs> I don't think they put that together Okay. Yet. That's a big component, I think. So they hope this distance would calm Ada down and dissipate some of the tension that is actually happening between the guys. So sure. Knight writes in his journal, quote... This may all sound funny for the reader, but I can assume him or her that it is not funny for the four of us to have a foolish female howling and refusing to work and eating all our good grub. This, 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 just, it feels like journal entering was kind of like passion tweets. Just sit on it. Yeah. 
also, how about you fucking kill something, big guy? Yeah. You, you know, you're actually supposed to be, you know, providing food for everybody. Yeah, and I think honestly, if you if you've misdiagnosed someone as having, you know, <laughs> lust, uh, you would think that's insane. You would be like, well, boy, calm down. But she's just in hell. She's not like, so that's why I'm like, boy, nothing will solve it. I mean, that's correct. She's basically in hell. So she's, she's, as much as they try to control her, they can't. She starts walking the 10 miles or whatever it's 50 miles to see Crawford all, all the time. Knight and Gail would have to go fetch her and drag her back to their camp by strapping her to a sled. What in but the But she hell? keeps running away. This is, is happening she, over and over. But is she running away because she's just she likes Crawford or she just doesn't want to be with these guys? <clears throat> I, I think it's a combination of everything. Right, I think she okay. doesn't want to be near night. She's yeah. scared of night. Right. You know, the knife thing. There's a lot going on. Right. Okay. So she keeps running away. The guy's keeping having to search for her. She's refusing to work. Knight at one point ties her to a flagpole and she just screamed and chanted for hours. What did he think was going to happen? I don't know. That she's I mean, going to become a flag? <laughs> There's not a, I don't know what the thought process is behind I'm going to tie someone to a flagpole. Just goes so, to his journal. I'm not sure what it was, but her disposition seemed to worsen once I tied her to a frozen pole. She got more angry. I swear I will never understand a woman. <laughs> so, and his journal's called Night Rider. Writer. That's right. So well, winter sets in. Good. Uh, now the Good. guys regret that they Good. that they brought her. They're winter, totally regretting winter, that they brought her. Winter setting in sounds like a good statement for this. It's good. It's perfect. It's good. Now they think that Ada is being difficult on purpose, but Ada is homesick. Mm-hmm. She's she's horrified, and she's experiencing symptoms of what is called Arctic hysteria. Hmm. which is probably brought on by endless night. It's night. It's never day. It's just night. Right. So, Night, the time of day, not the man who writes in the journal and sharpens knives. Yeah, it turns out it's not because she's just into some guy. It turns out that it's an actual fucking mental condition that can happen. Well, also, she's been completely misled as to what this would be. So that's hard to negotiate mentally. And there's no... there's, There's no... Look, she's she's an indigenous person, yeah. and these guys are all from somewhere else. Yeah. And how much can you relate to that? Like, it's just like, what's the conversations you're having? Like, yes. it's not. And they also don't. I mean, yes, yes, for a hundred percent. So, I mean, between November and January, there's zero sun. So this is when it's happening. There's like literally no sun. So, oh my God. in the U.S., wow, word of Stephenson's crew raising a flag on Wrangell Island spreads. And the U.S. State Department is worried. Alaskans protest in Washington, D.C., and American newspapers are furious, saying Stephenson secretly planned to claim land that was America's. Boy, you could look, not the hero you need, but the hero you're going to get. That's right. Oh, you came to save us. Bullshit. We're going to kill you. This is ours. USA, baby. Canadian papers thought he was crazy for doing it without the government backing him, and British papers were now worried what this would do to British-American relations. So everybody's heart is in the right place. (laughs) (laughs) 
Canadian's new prime minister eventually backed Stephenson's claims to Wrangell Island. Okay. While the U.S. insisted the island belonged to Russia. The State Department said the land was, quote, of no real value to any country. Man, that is how you know we're talking about a time far away. When the State Department was like, ah, we don't need to go. (laughs) Nah, that's fine. Nah, we'll just stay here. It just sounds like we might lose some money and lives. Am I crazy? So, meanwhile, on the island, weather has gotten so bad by December that the crew didn't leave their tents for weeks. They just can't go outside. It's dark, it's cold. It's just like, what's the fucking point? And then Ada, her her arctic hysteria just lifts and she starts working diligently um they had a christmas celebration together they had a feast they had quote bread bread butter potatoes cake hot coffee and played a game of poker for smokes Mm -hmm. Uh, everyone's spirits are lifted on january 20th 25th 1922 the sun rose for the first time in months and on february 1st crawford turned 21 he can finally drink. Yeah, it's a big day. He can really turn yeah. it loose. By the way, yep. amazing to be able to track your birthday after months of darkness. Be like, he, might have, he was probably just lying. He was probably just out of his mind. And like the second day the sun rose, he was like, it's my birthday. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I'm 5,000 today. <laughs> So blizzards came in February. It was minus 46 degrees. Good, 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 good. Yes, good. A little hot coffee will kick that out of you. On March 6th, Gale turned 20. Okay. Uh, then, Then the weather became more mild, and temperatures reached 20 degrees. So the the release ship is is coming in a few months. Okay. That's what they think. Uh, this is which. This is the the Stephenson relief ship. Yeah, Stephenson's relief sh- that he's supposed to be on. Remember, he's supposed to come. Dave, um, he's he wanted to be here for the first part. It was just a logistical That's right. issue. That's right. But in June 1922, the worst hit: large drifts of snow on top of the ice. They could not see the sea. The boys could only kill a few birds. Other game was just scarce. It was bad, but they stayed optimistic, knowing Stephenson and his relief ship were on their on their way. Oh, the uh, sad, the, the sad, sad. I mean, just like a child whose father left, looking at the window every yeah. night, waiting for him to come back. He'll be here. Right. Stephenson said he'd come, and then when he comes, you know what's going to happen? Boy, we're going to eat so much food, you guys. We're going to be so full. It's going to be so good. <laughs> when he gets here, I'm going to call him Uncle Stephenson. I'm so excited to see him and the ship. And then it'll be over. And then the nightmare will be over. And we'll have so much food. Did I mention that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I bet he brings oysters. Do you think he'll bring oysters? I bet he's got them. <laughs> As he rips his teeth out. <laughs> Uh, Stephenson is in New York. He has no money and no ship. No one will lend him money, and he's broke. He asks the Canadian government now, he wants a humanitarian rescue ship to save the crew. I, I got to, 
I, I mean, it is quite a downfall from where we started with him, but I've got to say, I'm even shocked that he went that far. Yeah. But, yeah. but the, I mean, <laughs> it's quite a... If only they could be updated. How close is Stephenson? Well, he can't make it. He's begging the government to save you. Huh? <laughs> but our mission, he's freaked out. <laughs> well, the Canadian government gives him a little bit of money, and his friend Orville Wright... Mm. Uh, gave him a little bit of money. Got those plane bucks. He could send a small relief crew, uh, which left on the ship Teddy Bear on August 20th, 1922. But by the way, if you're going to ask Orville Wright to help you, you're probably not asking for, like, a financial stake. You're probably like, hey, dude, let's use your fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you five bucks. Yeah, you can give me five bucks, yeah. or yeah, I mean, I'm just trying. I'm trying to get there fast. But you ten bucks? <laughs> yeah, any any part help? What, what, what do, wow, look at all those wings. Yeah, we're close. All right, well, here's ten bucks. All right, great, awesome. Thank you so much. Great. If only there was a faster way. <laughs> all right. Back on the island, uh, with each day, conditions are getting worse. Game is becoming more scarce. Crawford hurts his hand. Fred becomes incredibly lethargic. Oh, no. Ada now has a bad back. And then an ulcer grew on Gail's jaw. By the way, wait, real quick. When Fred, when Fred is lethargic, does everyone just assume he's in love with Crawford? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. Okay, okay, good. And then Knight, uh, he, he is in a mysterious pain. He doesn't know what it is. He has to stay at camp. He can't go out. The guy's families are all concerned because Stevenson is not responding to any of their letters. Mm-hmm. Crawford's father wrote, quote, fear mishap has befallen Teddy Bear. Would it be advisable to send another boat? Is relief by airship possible? Since you know Orville Wright, is that a possibility? But the Teddy Bear reaches Siberia. Between them and Wrangell Island, however, was now a massive impenetrable wall of ice. Well, maybe sending a ship called Teddy Bear (laughs) to fight a grizzly's battle is not the right idea. It's not great. It's really not great. What do you think we should call it? The polar bear? No, Teddy. So there's no way around this ice. On September 22nd, 1922, the captain wrote to Stephenson, quote, Teddy bear unsuccessful, encountered Arctic pack, propeller damaged, all navigators here, predicted failure due to unusual ice conditions. Now, let me guess. Stephenson replied, do what I do. Get off the ship and leave him to die. Just go home. Just go home, my friend. Well, actually, Stephenson isn't concerned at all because he thought the guys would be fine until next summer and said, quote... The worst malady to expect was homesickness. Wow. I mean, he, like, I think Charlie from Charlie's Angels was more (laughs) hands-on. He believed the men's skills could meet the situation. Stephenson was so sure they could survive a year that he wrote to the Gale family, quote, the failed relief mission means merely that the men on the island are cut off from communication for a year. They are just as safe on their island as Robinson Crusoe was on his, a little more so because there are no cannibals in that vicinity. 
Wow. When your good news involves the word cannibals, <laughs> don't worry. They won't be eaten by others. <laughs> so, and he's, he's probably, exp- I mean, he's, he's probably in his own mental state of lunacy at this point, right? Like, he wants to believe that. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to believe it or if he's just uh, uh, just a man without empathy or understanding. Like he he really or pro- yeah, he's probably. I mean, yeah. It, actually, honestly, it sounds like he probably there's a part of his brain that just doesn't process properly. Yeah. So the experienced captain of the teddy bear does not agree, and he tells the Denver Post, "quote If a native could live there, I'd say those fellows could hang on, but no native has ever lived there." Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so on. Wrangle, the crew are now eating scraps. They're eating walrus flippers, small birds, fried stale bread crumbs, and bits and pieces of seal meat. Wow. Okay, so things are good. <laughs> that's so that's uh, that's uh, to me it sounds like they have enough rations for the year. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They rationed what little they had left and worried the relief ship would arrive late or not at all. They worked to dry meat. They collected skins for thicker coats, and they boiled blubber. Mm-hmm. One night, the ulcer on Gail's jaw ruptured. Oh, God. At that point, I, I just say, well, just go ahead and kill me. I mean, if I'm ever in a, in a, a place where my, the ulcer on my jaw ruptures, just take me out. I'm done. Wrap it up. Let's wrap oh, it up. God. Yeah. I mean, just... <laughs> Uh, I can only imagine what that even means. Oh, God. I mean, rupture. Yeah, no, it's Rupture. Not, yeah. <laughs> just, uh. So he's in total agony, and no one had any medical experience, so they just gave him aspirin. Here you go, buddy. Take two of these. Should be fine. <laughs> well, it's a, technically, it's a headache, right? Yep, it's in your head. It aches. This will do it. So summer ends... A lot has to be done if they're to survive another winter. Had they known the relief ship wasn't coming, they could have started preparing earlier, and now it's too late. That's not a great statement. (laughs) So they have to move. They rebuild the camp, they collect wood, and they pack the remaining supplies. Night's condition gets worse. Now, Knight had been diagnosed with scurvy during his last expedition with Stevenson, and this felt the same. Oh, boy. His entire body was shooting with pain. His teeth were so loose they could have just been pulled from his gums. He could barely move without losing his breath. Now, the cure for scurvy, fresh meat, fruits, and vegetables. So the scarcity on uh, Wrangell was far worse than where he was the first time he contracted scurvy. So Knight started to worry he wouldn't make it out alive, and he tried to keep his fear and his bad health to himself. No one noticed except Ada. Hiding scurvy. Pretty tough. That's actually the name of the sitcom I'm I'm pitching to FX. (laughs) Hiding scurvy. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Uh, Now in their new camp, they knew they had to do something about the lack of food and supplies. Knight and Crawford decided to head for Nome by sled to make it there by January. But the dogs were malnourished, starving, and too weak to sled anywhere. And Knight was also very thin. Ada heard him tell Crawford he might have, quote, a touch of scurvy. (laughs) I might, um... 
have what they call a uh, a touch of um, scurvy, uh, but not a lot of it. This happened last time. I just have a very small amount of it. I think I've got a bit of a. It's not so. It's not full blown scurvy. No, no, God, no, no. It's just I think I'm I'm coming. It's probably what it's twenty four hours scurvies, where um, I just need to take a just. I'll be fine. It's just I don't see this lasting too. You know how scurvy is in yeah. in and out. They say about scurvy. No, I haven't uh, heard that. Usually scurvy is like a long, drawn out sort. No. Of. No, that's look at me. I'm the picture of health. I've I'm be, I'm getting better. A hundred percent getting. Have you better. ever seen the movie The Mechanic nope. with uh, Christian Bale? Mm, yeah, um, no, but uh, <laughs> but I have seen three of my teeth fall out since I started talking. I was going to ask you about it's, that because they're just rolling out of your head. It's yes, but again, but if I, look because I have a touch. If I had a lot of it, I'd be toothless. <laughs> okay, you see, I I'm I'm clearly. Fairly fine. Okay, well then let me just say this. Hop on the sled. Let's get out of here. Tiny swords in my lungs. (laughs) I'm on the mend. Oh, God fucking shit. I feel fine. So, uh, uh, so they didn't tell the rest of the crew. Christmas, Christmas came, their second Christmas. They ate seal meat and hard bread. And then with clear... It's not... (laughs) Not like last Christmas. Yeah. Last Christmas, they were like leaving out like little snacks for Santa. (laughs) And then with clear skies, the two men left on a sled with 700 pounds of supplies. Wow. What? Yeah, that part I didn't get, but that's what it said. That sounds like too much. Do we need the piano? Let's take it. Fuck it. We'll want it when we're there. And then remember the dogs are super weak; they could barely move. But yeah. you know they they yeah. uh, obviously they're going super slow. So they leave on January seventh. Right. The dogs are slow; they keep running into broken ice. The sled keeps tipping over. Oh my god! I mean, just imagine, imagine what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Every tip when snow goes down your back. <laughs> it's hell! It's hell! Ah, death! Uh, some mornings they didn't have enough energy to get up. Rations are running low. The tips of Crawford's fingers froze. And then Perfect. Knight wrote in his journal that the scurvy was back. So he must have eaten some stuff, and now it's coming back. So, Sure. <laughs> sure. They decided to go back to camp, so they decided to turn around. And the plan is to go back and have Gail go instead of Knight. And then start the sure. trip again. She's in much better... Yeah. So on January 20th, the two frostbitten, black and blistered men stumble back into camp. Good news! We're dead! (laughs) (laughs) So they have a discussion, and then they decide the three healthiest men, Crawford, Gale, and Fred, would go, and Ada would care for Knight. Fred and Gale are super against this idea, but they agree to do it out of desperation. It's now negative 56 degrees. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and when two people come back almost dead, 
you know, we were spitballing and we thought you guys should go. It's fine, though. Like, you're like, wait, no, what? You know how you came back black and blistered? That's not great. Uh Uh-huh. No. I think you'll be fine because the dogs the dogs will be good on their second run of this. Yeah, and guess what? They'll eat your hand if it turns black. That's what's cool about oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah, they think it's biscuits. <laughs> so these three guys leave on January 29th after they swear to Ada that they would come back for her. And then after they leave, a massive storm hits and they are never totally. seen again. Okie dokie. <laughs> Feels like we lost some of the crew on this one, Dave. <laughs> so now it's just Ada and Knight? Yeah. Oh, my God. Boy. I mean, talk about I it. I wonder what, I mean, imagine it. Yeah, the crew being, I don't think it's a good idea. You should go. And then they're all dead. This is the, this is the odd couple, right? Now I got the odd couple. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a Sunday Times in London headline read, quote, Stevenson quits, gives up exploring, will devote his future to telling of possibilities in the friendly Arctic. What an asshole. It, he quits. He can't quit. He's not done anything. <laughs> How are you retiring? In this article, he announces his retirement as an explorer. I'm done. I've seen it all. I've done it all. I've killed them all. I'm out. I haven't found the continent yet, but I know it's up there. <sighs> And he declares, quote, the North Pole is by no means the most difficult point on the face of the globe to reach. And <laughs> drops, drops the mic. That's a pen drop. <laughs> now, back at camp, night collapses, and he finally tells Ada just how sick he is. I think it's bad scurvy. <laughs> so she chops firewood. She checks the traps. She collects snow for drinking water, uh, keeps a warm bag of sand on his feet, and rotates sacks of oatmeal to prevent bed sores. Good God. Knight stays in bed, and he studies the encyclopedia for scurvy. So he's, he's doing like... What is he doing? He's doing like a WebMD thing where you, you go to see right. how sick you are. So, right. So he's... He and now he's getting terrified because he's reading about scurvy and how. Well, that, that's WebMD. It is exactly yeah. WebMD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go there to feel worse. He knows he needs fresh meat, but he's way too weak to hunt. And Ada is too scared to go alone, but she eventually does it to get food for night. But she's not a hunter. Um, right. After a lot of failed attempts, she caught a fox and she feeds it to him, but his condition does not improve and as a matter of fact he's rapidly declining he can't sit up his gums are bleeding his teeth are falling out and the purple and black coloring on the back of his legs darkened i'll say this ada don't get scurvy (laughs) i don't know who gave it to me if i find the son of a bitch you gave me i'll be so miffed yeah here's what i said when we got here social distancing I said it. So should keep keep your distance. So he becomes annoyed that Ada couldn't hunt, and he tries to teach her how to use a gun, but it's too heavy for her, and it scares her. Um, And then they start snapping at each other a lot. Now, she she starts watching foxes, and she notices that they're super curious, and then they just kind of lurk near the traps, checking them out. So she decides... 
to hide near a trap and wait for the foxes to come up. And then when they weren't looking, when they're focused on the trap, she jumps out and hits them with a big stick and then snaps their neck. Whoa. What? She she actively did that? Wow. Those foxes. They didn't know about the second trap. That's right. Welcome to Crazy Like a Fox. Yeah. So now she's bringing fox after fox home with her crazy snap the neck trick. Um, but he's he's not getting better. He's worse off than worse off than I ever. don't eat fox. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that's the I don't the okay. meat is too tough. But this might be why you're getting scurvy. I would love a bird, <laughs> some sort of fowl. Uh, uh. What do you? What else? Do you, what else are you seeing out we there besides fox. There's foxes? Fox. That's all there is. Is fox. There's foxes. It's fox. Oh. It's foxes. Maybe. maybe I, look. I thank you. Thank you so much for getting the fox. Um, maybe you could use the fox to entice a bear or something. <laughs> you know what I would love? I would kill for some shrimp. I would just slaughter for some shrimp. I can't do this. I can't do this. Mashed potatoes possible? No. Maybe with to go with the fox? No. Artichokes. I'm now. Anything? I'm now actively rooting for scurvy. Like I'm on scurvy team. Team scurvy. Did Did you see any broccolini? I, it's like <laughs> longer broccoli. I didn't. It looks like if broccoli were a tree. No, I know what it is. Have it's, you had it's that? It's a little bit more bitter. I understand what it is. It's very good. I'll it's tell not you. out there. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, maybe I'll call you broccolini because you seem to be a little more bitter. Wow. I'm just simply stating some of the side dishes I would like. I can't wait till all your teeth fall out. That's where I Is am. there a horseradish sauce? <laughs> Something to dip the fox into, potentially? <laughs> so, Knight's throat is totally raw. A lot of his teeth are gone. He could barely swallow blubber, let alone fox meat. So, Ada makes him soup. And she's bringing home foxes almost every single day. So, he actually wow. slowly starts to improve. They rarely speak. Wow. They're rarely speaking, but when he... So what, they're, they're like pissed off roommates and she's just <laughs> saving his life fox by fox? I don't know if it's just because he's too sick. Uh, well, when he's in a good mood, he would tell her fairy tales, and Jack and the Beanstalk is her favorite fairy tale. Oh, I thought the fairy tale was going to be getting off. I'm sorry? Leaving. Getting to leave. Oh, I thought you meant like someday he would like him telling dirty stories. No, <laughs> well, so the beanstalk is actually in Jack's pants, and um, mm. and it grows. Oh boy, would it go high! There's a, there's two beans. There's two beans, and there's a big pole above it. So when spring is approaching, night starts getting sick again. So he got better, and then this now guy. he's getting sicker. So she starts, keeping, she starts keeping a journal. Ada, Ada herself got swelling in her face, which grew over days, and soon grew so much she couldn't open an eye. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just a shit show. I think these people have, uh, are having an allergic reaction to death, Dave. <laughs> yeah. But she knows that Knight is relying on her, so she made snow goggles, chopped wood, checked the traps, tended the fire. When she examined Knight, 
she would hide her reaction as best she could, but he was really f- oh, that's just insanely frail and getting weaker each day. How's, how's my back? <laughs> Is it starting to look like regular color again? Well, it's open. I mean, it's, oh, it's an open back. It's a... Okay, but that, would you say bad or well, am I looking a little it's a, that, am I looking a little bit better my face doesn't look weird does it no. and I still have a good amount of I still have a good amount of the teeth all two I because I when I feel I feel exactly I feel oh there are two yeah. yeah yeah and they're not in the best spots no it would be great if they combined yeah if I had a set yeah but all right well as I I feel pretty good I feel pretty good. So Ada starts documenting uh, how he's getting sicker in her journal. Why are you writing? What are you writing and looking at me? <laughs> no, it's nothing. I'm just what are you... taking notes about roast beef. About what? Roast beef, back, stuff like that. You seem to be studying me and then writing. Yeah, well, that, yeah. I'm, there's a... Yeah, you're all just coming apart in front of me, so I'm just kind of writing about that. It's a, well, if two can play this game, Ada, two can play this game. Here, I'll write a little something down about you. My fingers fell off. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, sugar puffs. That's not good. They fell deep into the snow, too. Maybe they'll help find my teeth. <laughs> so May comes, the skies and snow clear. Birds come back. Ada again tries to use a gun, but it's just too heavy, too loud, and, and it's got too big of a kickback. And Knight's just furious with this, and he berates her. And then Ada comes up with this idea to improvise a gun rest that could be propped on her shoulder. So she basically created some sort of a contraption that allowed her to rest the gun on her shoulder and shoot instead of holding it and aiming it so it wouldn't... Right. By the way, quick solution, shoot night. Right there, <laughs> way better. Just pop him. He will, exp- he will... He would explode like a watermelon oh. that gets hit with an A mate. Like, I mean, yeah. at this point, he is just juice and skin. It would be amazing. So she, uh-huh. pract- she practices on empty tins, and, uh, and then May 10th comes, and she turns 25 and shoots her first bird Dave, on the same day. She's been there for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she shoots her first bird. Uh, it's the little things. Yep. Yeah. So Knight, Knight is incredibly weak now. Birds are not doing it. So she decides she wants to kill a walrus. But to get near a walrus, she needs a skin boat because they're too far okay. out. So she decides to make one, which is wow, something, <laughs> something she's never done in her life. She only had well, memories but, of being a kid and watching men in her village do it. That's what's amazing about Knight's frustration. Like, she's not here to do any of this. And he's like, what do you mean you can't get more birds? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Right. She's just supposed to cook and sew. Like, that's why they brought her. And now they're like, go kill a walrus. And he's just like, she comes back and he's like, fox again. So Knight turns 30 on June 6th. He's now bleeding all over from his nose, lips, gums, skin. And he's just got open wounds everywhere. He's just laying in bed. It's my big birthday. (laughs) 
I'm 30. <laughs> How old do I look? Be honest. Well, it's not old or really young, like a day, like a not human uh, uh, thing. Well, compliments will get you everywhere in this tent. <laughs> oh, my nose. So, back in America, Stephenson has still not secured the funds he needs, but he believed all of his men and Ada were doing fine. They're all fine. I've got a good feeling. His expedition was being described as a disaster by the press, one of many reasons the British were keeping their distance. Stephenson tried anyone he knew with money, and then uh, an ex-crew member, 27-year-old Harold Noyce, Noyce. Who also knew Knight from a previous expedition, decided to help. Now, he hated Knight, but he thought a rescue mission was noble, so he didn't care who it was. Okay. So Noyce is going to front the uh, rescue ship. Why Stephenson isn't, I don't know. But Noyce is. Sure, whatever. So on Wrangell, the SEALs came back in mid-June, and Ada spends hours a day hunting with her rifle and handmade stand. Night one day faints, and when he woke up, Ada was crying, and he encouraged her to stay strong and thanked her for keeping him comfortable and alive, and then he died that night. Wow. That's got to be so weird to, like, know that you're going to, like... Having a clock, like, this is my last day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very strange. So Ada put a paper into Gail's typewriter and wrote, quote, Wrangell Island, June 23rd, 1923. Mr. Knight died on June 23rd. I don't know what time he died, though. Anyway, I write the date just so, just to let Mr. Stephenson know. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> Fuck you, Ada. <laughs> I mean, but it's amazing that out of all of these guys, she's the only yeah. one who has, like, the, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes, because she's outlasted everybody, but also, you know, she's been asked to do all these things that she's yeah. not I mean, she's, known to do. She's been asked to do everything. It's like what you keep hearing that during the pan- yeah. during the pandemic, guys are doing less and their wives are like doing more cooking and cleaning. And <laughs> oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, it's a oh, big thing. That's not surprising at all. But that's yeah. You, before, a year before you get married, you should have to go through a pandemic and just be like, <laughs> "Are you sure?" Like, I know you love each other. I know you guys say you're meant for each other. Have you lived in your place? Without seeing anyone else, no fun going out activities, just the two of you. Now do you want to still get married? <laughs> so Ada is too weak and just way too upset to bury Knight. So she leaves him in his bed, and she's sort of comforted by the existence of his body. She, yeah, I know. Uh, she builds a barricade of boxes around his body so it didn't attract animals. And when the smell of decay set in, she moved into the storage tent. So she's, okay. Well, I mean, it's her will. Well, look, I mean, we're literally talking about, you know, she was already homesick and now she's literally alone. So, you know, she's, whatever's going on in her head is fucking bad. 
So I mean, yeah. Stephenson finally gets a ship, the Donaldson, and he has a small crew. It's Noyce and five others. None, none of the indigenous people are willing to go on the journey because, once again, summer is coming to an end. Again, right. another fucking boat. They're at the exact same wrong time. Again, it's the third fucking Why? time. <laughs> wrong time. Why? Stephenson Why? is a fucking idiot. Why not? He's a fucking idiot. Oh, I, I don't think that's fair. Uh, I think it's fair. Hold on a sec. Uh, okay. Oh, come on. Why am I getting the wheel? There it is. Right, so so none of the Inupiats are are uh, they're just not going to go on the journey, right? It's the end of the summer. Same thing. The the crew is buying supplies and then they run out of money. So Stevenson gave them a certain amount of money, but it's not enough to get all the supplies they need. And then they start writing and sending messages to Stevenson, but he's not responding to any any of their desperate letters. He's not advancing any credit. It's sure. just nothing. Great. And the, what a great guy. And the AP reports the Russians are sending a ship to capture the explorers and take possession of Wrangell Island. I'm sure Ada was like, please, I will be Russian. Yes. <laughs> the British said the capture of the men would be an act of war. So now this fucking idiot is basically almost starting a war. <laughs> but in truth, there are no He's men. A good guy. All, all that's on the island is Ada. Her skills are improving. She now could kill, carry, skin, and preserve a seal. Wow. She's a fucking badass. She's a fucking badass. Yeah. She scares off polar bears by shooting blanks into the sky. Wow. All the while, night is decaying in the main shelter. So she rebuilds a kitchen in the storage tent. She fortifies the walls with driftwood in Kansas and makes herself a new parka, gloves, and boots with reindeer fur. Wow. So she killed a reindeer. Yeah. She's fucking... She's on top of all this shit now. Like She's on fire. She teaches herself... Blitzen! Blitzen! <laughs> Where the hell's Blitzen? <laughs> Blitzen! Good Lord. This is unbelievable. It's very unlike Blitzen, of all of them. Donner, yes, <laughs> but not Blitzen. It would be amazing if, they, if the rescuers showed up at the camp and, and she was just drying out uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, are you? What, who's that? Who's that? Uh, that's the head of Santa. I've been eating him. Oh. Mm. Oh. Mm. Who's that uh, lump of clay over there? That's Knight. Ada also taught herself how to take selfies with the camera to document. Yeah. Okay. So she's got a mat. She's got a journal. She's keeping track of everything. She's taking selfies. Uh, She's she's taking selfies. She's like a pure fucking uh, 
Uh, I was going to call him Hugh Grant. She's pure Hugh Glass. Hugh Glass. Hugh Glass. Not Hugh Grant. I know. I almost said Hugh Grant again. I, I do. But poor, uh, pure Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Grant in this uh, situation would be quite. Uh, oops, <laughs> dropped uh, dropped all my. Uh, yes, it's impossible. I can't find my knife in the snow anyway. Uh, but uh, probably we will figure that out. Don't we? We'll figure that out at some point, I suppose. Uh, oh gosh, look at that. fingers! Fingers falling right off. <laughs> yes. So she, yeah, she's pure Hugh Glass at this point, right? Um, okay. She's horribly lonely, and uh, the only the only little friend she has is the cat, Vic. Oh, can't believe the cat! What the cat is like? What the hell? <laughs> I mean, what the cat is out? Yeah, <laughs> this is great. This is this is a story about a cat to me. Yeah. Uh, she, she spent several days crying before she grew tired of and exhausted of crying, and then she decided she was going to build a boat. Using driftwood, she made a base, and then she stretched canvas across the frame and sewed it along the shell of the boat. She carved pieces of driftwood into oars, and then it was ready. Stephenson, wow. meanwhile, had collected... I mean, he... Stephenson... Stephenson has left... He has forced her to build a boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> Stephenson, meanwhile, has collected enough money again to send noise. So an Englishman decided to help just because the men needed to be rescued. The Donaldson departs on August 2nd. They had recruited one Anupiat family and two hunters. Noyce had almost no navigational experience, but he sailed for Wrangell Island. And the ship reached Wrangell Island at the spot where the expedition originally camped. They saw nothing was there, and they headed up shore. Ten miles up, they saw an abandoned campsite. They searched it, found nothing, and moved on. On August 20th, the Inupiat uh, on the ship saw someone on a beach. It was Ada. She was waving her hands. Uh, so when they got to her, the first thing she asked was how Gail, Fred, and Crawford were. Oh. So she thought she thought that she thought that uh, Gail, Fred, and Crawford had gotten uh, back and had sent help. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Noyce oh. was like, "We thought they'd be with you." Yeah. How are how are how are the how's Gail? How, <laughs> tell me everything. Oh, you tell me. How is Gail? That's what I'm asking you. Where's Gail? Where is she? Uh, he. Uh, well. Oh boy. This is. When they feels like if neither of us have seen them in a while, it's not great. It's not great. No, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, where's Knight? I'd love to see that old sob. How's he holding up? <laughs> he is. Do you know what Clay is? Yes, yes. He loves. He loves. He is Clay. I don't know where you're going he with is, this. I, let me. I'd love to see he him. He is Clay. He's Clay. Oh, he, he's Clay. Oh, now. he changed his name. No, well, no. You guys he's have been a, up here for a while. He's just a blob. Uh, he's not. Oh. There are no eyes. He's put on weight. No, he's, uh, if there's anybody who's gaining weight here, I'll. T- <laughs> he's barely. It's, it's, it's him. That's. He's barely uh, uh, the sh- in the shape of a human. He's a. Uh, he's. Uh, he's because he's so bundled up. No, he's because he's got so many layers on. He's been rotting for a while. Uh, uh, my dad you ate mean- bad meat when I was a kid, and he's a lot like that bad meat was. He's just rotted. Is he okay? No, he's dead. No, I did not mention that. Yeah, he died. He's dead. He's not. No, it's the first time you've said the D word. That said is that. huge you... in this miscommunication. Oh, yeah, no, he's not uh, great. Well, not, not by not great. I mean, very dead. 
Right. For a right. while. Good. Good. I moved the kitchen. Good. You remember where you you remember where you buried him? I huh? didn't. I left him I put him behind boxes mm-hmm. in his cot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. So he died recently. A couple months. Uh, maybe four months. 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 Yeah, but a four, lot of months. That's more than a couple. Yeah. By the way, that's that's a few. No, plus it was one. Um, a lot. Yeah. Okay. And you're right. Okay. Well, well, let's 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 get you some water, and then we'll talk about that decision because it's good. Prudent. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's a good call for sure. So when they told her that the guys had not arrived, she collapsed into Noyce's arms and begged him to take her home. We got no room. (laughs) We got no room. This is not the rescue ship. Uh, Then they all buried Lorne Knight, and she sold Noyce 16 furs she had collected for $28 each. Oh, they were that's great. That I mean, she so she was she was raised in a household of Americans. They were the, the you get you find out that you find out the status of the other people you made the trip with, and then commerce. Well, they were worth over a hundred dollars each, but Noyce offered her twenty eight. Okay, so that's that was not very nice. So the twenty eight dollars would be six thousand six hundred today, but if you paid her what they were worth, she would have twenty three thousand. Okay. I mean, at this point, though, it's like, who gives a shit if you're her? I mean, it's- oh, no, who doesn't want to take advantage of someone who has uh, just spent two years on a fucking island and learn how to survive? Uh, I mean, honestly, honestly, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> what a jerk off. The crew noted Ada had, quote, mastered her environment so far that it seems likely she could have lived there another year, although the isolation would have been a dreadful experience. Now, mm-hmm. Noyce read Knight's journal. He was, quote, startled by what he saw to be the incompetence of the crew. But the most shocking part of it all was Ada, and the fact that she had been taken along as the only female with four young men seemed disturbingly suspicious. So to protect all their reputations, Noyce decided to keep the journals hidden from the public, and especially Stephenson. He didn't want Stevenson to figure out a way to shift the blame away from himself or profit from the publication of the diaries. Wow. Ada comes back. She finds out that Jack Blackjack had drowned. Her sister had a baby girl named Ada, uh, which she named after her sister who was lost and brave. Now, Stevenson did not want to be blamed for the death of more explorers or involved in another scandal uh, about starvation, hunger, and frostbite. Oh, no. He doesn't contact the guy's families. The first thing he does is he telegraphs U.S. business associates to stop the families if they tried selling movie rights. So basically, his reaction was like that of Ted Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) And then he moves to, to get the rights to their diaries. So they all had diaries. He also sends a notice to Ada to keep her from talking to interviewers so he would have her personal story just for his own book. He's sending a past expedition NDA? Yeah, basically. Okay. He tells Noyce to, quote, minimize the starvation theory. Theory? (laughs) 
Come on. That's just a theory. It's gobbledygook. Come on. It's hearsay. It's made up. It's invented. Come on. It's not true. It's rumors. Bunch of gossip. And to tell the news to the families in a way that could help, quote, raise money to pay the bills. I don't know. Why don't you walk me through that dialogue? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Stephenson did manage to send one telegram to Crawford's family. It read, quote, deepest sympathy over terrible news. He did not explain how or when Crawford had died. He gave Knight, Fred, and Gail's families zero information. They learned their sons were dead by reading it in a newspaper. Wow. Wow. What a jerk-off. So when Knight reads a description of how his son died, he said of Ada, quote, how I wish I could make some suitable reward for Ada Blackjack. She is the heroine of the whole expedition. If it is ever in my power to suitably reward her, I hope I may not overlook the opportunity. On September 23rd, 1923, the Montreal Standard published an article blaming Stephenson, quote, while they were starving to death on a frozen island to prove the Stephenson theory that an explorer could live off the country, Mr. Stephenson himself was prancing about from one luxurious spot of civilization to another, lecturing and telling what a hero he was. But meanwhile, the three young men on the island died. Britain, Canada, and the U.S. publicly condemned Stephenson. Okay. Stephenson responded that Crawford had crossed into Siberia, but he was bored, not starving. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Of course. People sound crazy. This is clearly a man who's looking for some fun, not food. He was full. He just got bored. (laughs) What's more fun than dying, people? And then he said they had made bad decisions that caused their death. Yes, they listened to me. (laughs) I mean, what the fuck were they thinking? I left a bunch of guys on a ship. Who would listen to me? Yeah. It's a death march. Uh, but then Noyce told the press the truth. As far as Ada was concerned, she was called a hero. Media started following her wherever she went, but she hated the attention and she withdrew. She was paid for the journey, but much less than was promised, right? She was paid 50 bucks a week or whatever it was, or a month. She was paid much less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. with the money she got from the skins and now this, she had enough money to get her son out of the orphanage and take him to Seattle to get treatment for tuberculosis. Ugh. She's only... At least that's happening. She's only 25 years old. Oh, my God. And she's journaled... She's journaled all of it extensively. Uh, The World Magazine read the journal and called it, quote, the real epic of the North. Now, Noyce... Remember, Noyce is the guy who, like, hates Knight, but he wants to do the the rescue mission because of honor... But at the same time, right. he thinks that, you know, she might have been, you know, being used for sex, whatever. He's, he steals the seal skins from her, essentially, or pays her a quarter of what they're worth. Mm-hmm. So at some point, Noyce comes out and says, Ada hadn't actually done enough to save Knight. What? 
God damn, did his pants explode with his balls that large? And then a little while later, it's discovered that he has torn pages from Knight's diary that prove the opposite. How do you get caught with the torn pages? <laughs> How are you, like... Uh, just the fucking assholishness is just yeah. relentless. It is relentless. Yeah. It's yes, it's a feature, not a bug. So, he has to he has to publicly apologize. Now, Stephenson is fighting a legal battle for years to have control over the rights to the journals and the expedition story. <laughs> Because uh-huh. it was wow. being done in his name, wow. right? So it's his... Wow. So... Dave, I want to go back in time and stab this. <laughs> so he wrote a book, The Adventure of Wrangell Island, because he ends up winning the rights to all of it. Wow, of course. Of course. And he profits tons from Ada's telling of the expedition... She doesn't receive a single penny from those earnings. And then at the same time, there is a campaign being waged against her in the media saying that she starved night to death, that she was a sex worker, that when she was found, she was well and fat, that she had murdered the guys. So clearly, I mean, you can't say for certain, but if a campaign has been waged against her, who's doing it? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, makes him look better. So her final years were one of her final years are, are ones of sadness and poverty. She marries again, she has another oh. son, and then she divorced. She's poor. She has to put both of her children in the orphanage again for nine years. No, what? She moves back to Nome and gets work as a reindeer herder. She would feed her kids by hunting and trapping. Ada died on May twenty ninth, nineteen eighty three. She was eighty five years old. Billy, her son, quote, I consider my mother, Ada Blackjack, to be one of the most loving mothers in this world and one of the greatest heroines in the history of Arctic exploration. She survived against all odds. Now, Wilhelmer Stephenson just went on and won tons of awards, joined honor societies, was heralded, and he died in 1962. Wrangell Island is a Russian wildlife refuge, and it turns out, hmm. legally, it is and has been under Russian ownership since 1916. So the whole time, all of that stuff they were doing... So the whole... Was useless. useless. Pointless. Pointless. Wow. So the Russians hacked our expeditions. <laughs> Man, that is some bullshit. Yeah. yeah. That is some real bullshit. I think I think it's a great example of white man's history, right? So, you know, uh, this has yeah. obviously come up a ton, but um, in a just society, Ada's story is the one that gets out there and and her version is told and... Yeah. Uh, Stevenson is ruined and shunned and all that. But 
So, the opposite happens. Because why? Well, because he's a white dude and everyone believes him and she's she's not white and she's a native to some area that Well, and is she is she I mean, it's it's it seems to be like it's our society rewards the aggressive too much. The people who are dicks push and get what they want and the people who are reserved and don't want to cause issues get fucked. Yeah. And that happens in this society constantly. Failure takes you upwards, character is a deficiency. Well, I, and that just yeah. keeps happening. I mean, I, I don't know if people have noticed this, but uh, American society rewards psychopaths more than anybody else. Because it's the same, it's the same thing as when you're at the airport and there's a system. It's maybe not the best system, but there's a system. They're going to call groups, and there's a system. And there's always a prick who just wants to get on there first and will be annoying and will complain and will be the worst, and it's a squeaky wheel, so it gets the grease because it's like just you're the worst. You're being an asshole. And this continues. It, it permeates our culture constantly that the worst get ahead and the good are unknown because the worst do everything they can to keep it silent. Yeah. And that, and with misinformation, with whatever tactic. And that is, that's, that is the story of this country. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, research does done by uh, Sharon Sajapur. Uh, some sources, Peggy Cavantes marooned in the Arctic, the true story of Ada Blackjack, the female Robinson Crusoe, Jennifer Niven, Ada Blackjack, The True Story of Survival in the Arctic. Stephanie Buck. Stephanie Buck does a lot of really great writing. Stranded for two years on an Arctic island, this woman miraculously survived by shooting seals on medium. Uh, Tessa Holes, Ada Blackjack, the forgotten sole survivor of an odd Arctic expedition in Atlas Obscura. Uh, The Single Mom Who Became an Arctic Robinson Crusoe by Jeff Moog in Adventure Journal. Um, and then there's other ones uh, you can check out on our sources page. All right. We well, sign cats. <laughs> we sure, especially living yeah. ones. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson 
It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 